Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jake with the oven is on here in the Valley of the Sun. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll-free number. Of course, legal, lawful, biblical, constitutional tender, gold and silver. The physical delivery of it. Nobody does it better. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, and again, make sure you make that part of your daily routine. Get out to the website. Got all kinds of articles, videos, and uh, news, and uh, the medals program, the the shopping cart, the podcast. I mean, we got it all out there, allamericangold.com. And I hope you're having a great Thursday. Uh, I was telling all of my listeners in Colorado uh, earlier, me and my buddies, because we're really smart guys, uh, we're having our annual heat stroke open today. It's going to be about 113 degrees. Uh, we're going to be hitting the, the links. We're going to be on the golf course. Uh, we're teeing off. Uh, I think it's like at 2.30, you know, right when it's nice and hot, you know. So so uh, if I'm not on the air tomorrow, you know the heat stroke open uh, did, <laughs> didn't go well for us. Uh, but but nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, I'll let you know uh, one way or the other how that went. Looking forward to it. Uh, one more day to Friday. Jay Powell still talking uh, in front of Congress. We got a great show lined up for you. Jay Powell, uh, he's really starting to become one of my favorite guys. You know, and you're like, wait a minute. He's a French, French central banker. You hate central bankers. Yeah, I do. But Jay Powell... Is is a central banker that doesn't talk like a central banker, you know? Because they're all these academics, and so like Alan Greenspan was the best. He used words I didn't even know what they meant. You know, I I, I really thought okay, he just made that word up. Right? I make up words all the time. <laughs> I make up words all the time. Right? You listen to this show long enough, you're like, I don't even think that's a word, but I'll make it up. You know? But you get what I mean. And you're never really sure what he said. And Ben Bernanke and Janet, you know, they weren't Alan Greenspan, but they were still, you know, hard to understand. Jay Powell doesn't talk that way. And we're going to be playing a, uh, a, a couple of clips in the next segment. Uh, let's just say the word uncertainty is now the – it's the word of the day – uh, and it was something yesterday uh, that someone needed to give Jay Powell a, a thesaurus and look up all the other words that mean uncertainty uh, because it it was everywhere yesterday. Uh, we'll do that. And then there was actually, believe it or not, somebody asked him about the gold standard. And, and I'm going to play you, it was actually a Democrat from Virginia, and, uh, and, and no, it was, unfortunately, remember the good old days of Ron Paul, when he would do that? Remember uh, when he asked Ben Bernanke, is gold money? Remember that? Oh, man, that was such a great one. And, and uh, Jay Powell's response was, it was brilliant. It was it, it was perfect because, uh, again, 
He doesn't talk like a central banker. And it is everything that uh, is exactly right. He, he actually said it perfectly. So get ready for that. The reason why the central bank says we shouldn't return to the gold standard. We're going to have that clip for you coming up next. Uh, by the way, uh, the president chiming in today about trade. We haven't heard a lot about trade, have we? Ever since the the G20 and and the big meeting where uh, the president, you know, kind of looked like, you know, and I said it that I don't want it to be true, but we kind of let China off the hook. So remember the deal was, hey, China's going to buy agricultural products and we're going to sell, allow Huawei to buy stuff that they need. And, and we're going to keep talking. China is not purchasing U.S. crops as the two largest economies scramble to end their trade war, the president said on Thursday. Of course, he does this through tweets. He tweeted, Beijing is letting us down by not buying American agricultural products that they said that they would. Hopefully... This will start soon. And again, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, didn't we agree to this? Right? When when we we made that announcement on that Saturday uh, after the G20, didn't someone say, okay, well, guess what? Starting July 1st, you're going to buy this many soybeans, right? This much rice, this much pork. I mean, we didn't do that. Right? What, 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 what did we do? China said, oh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll buy something. Because believe it or not, they actually did buy something. They bought some soybeans. They actually bought a little bit of rice. I don't know, right? Again, can't let these guys off the hook. We'll be back. 800 to the word of the day uncertain uncertainty from the central bank littered in Jay Powell's testimony and and I'm going to say this about that what they really are saying is things have slowed down but they don't want to say slowed down right they want to say oh it's uncertain we're uncertain you know uh, what does that mean right I mean it's it's pretty simple isn't it Right? Either people are buying more things or they're not. Either people people are shipping more things or they're not. Either people are hiring more people or they're not. Right? I mean, it's it's pretty black and white. But according to Jay Powell, not so black and white. Jason, let's play the first clip from Jay Powell. Did the June jobs report change your outlook for whether a reduction in interest rates is appropriate in the near term? Well, a straight answer to your question is no, but I will give you the context. We look at a broad range of data. Um, um, So let's start abroad, where I think uh, since the June meeting and for a period before that, the data have continued to disappoint. Uh, And that's very broad across Europe and, and around Asia and uh, and that continues to weigh. And, and by the way, 
manufacturing, trade, and investment are weak all around the world. We have a box that talks about that in the, uh, in the monetary policy report. In the United States, we did get a, a job, job report that was positive, and uh, that's, that's great news. And we had some other reasonably good news. I would say the U.S. data came in about as expected. Um, and, and I would also say that um, let's, let's go to trade. Um, we've agreed to begin discussions again with China. And uh, that, while that's, that's a constructive step, it doesn't remove the uncertainty that we see as, uh, as overall weighing on, on the outlook. So I would say that um, the bottom line for me is that the uncertainties around global growth and trade continue to weigh on the outlook. In addition, inflation uh, continues to be muted, and, and those things are still in place. So Jay Powell talks about uncertainty. He mentions it. 26 more times there was actually a clip we couldn't find it we tried and tried and tried there was a clip someone put it together it may have been cnbc asia i can't remember what i was watching last night and they counted how many times jay powell used the word uncertain or uncertainty and the counter it got up to 26 times yesterday uh, as the and again, I don't understand the word uncertain. The data is the data. You know, he talked about well, we got a good jobs data, but did you hear what he said before? All the other data before that wasn't. And then he tried to cover up. Well, you know, it's about as expected. And really, what he was saying to to everybody, and I, and I told you this that June's job number is a little bit misleading. And, and really, a little bit probably not a strong enough word, because uh, when you factor in the horrible May number, uh, the, the, the May-June job creation number, which normally for us in the U.S., because of high schools and colleges you know, going on break, normally are the two biggest, you know, two real big months of job growth, and we didn't get it. It's the worst performance uh, for t- in 10 years for those two months combined, and Jay Powell knows that. Jay Powell knows that. But everybody now, the rate cuts are on. Right now, the, the most likely scenario, and again, here's the funny part. It changes literally based on the, we can get a data point tomorrow and it changes everything, right? Uh, but right now is for two rate cut cuts this year, a total of four rate cuts in the next 12 months. That's what Wall Street expects. It, it, I think that's the minimum. That's my opinion anyway, right? I think that's the minimum. The minimum we're going to see. I think if there's, if there's going to be a, a difference, I think it'll be they'll, they'll cut more than that in the next year versus, say, less than that. I, I think uh, the four rate cuts in the next year is probably, uh, let's call that the baseline. And then if there's a probability uh, of it being higher or lower, I think there's a hot, much higher probability it could be more than that and a lot lower probability that it would be less than that. But everyone's thinking at least two rate cuts between now and the end of the year. Then, yesterday, a representative from Virginia, a Democrat from Virginia, I apologize, I forgot her name. 
and I didn't write it down. Asked Jay Powell about the gold standard. Now, you know me, uh, Jason, right, uh, us here. We think we should go back to the gold standard. We should get rid of this central bank and go back to the gold standard, uh, and, and we would be much, much better off and in a lot of the, the middle class, in my opinion, the middle class would swell again if we would do it. But nonetheless, Jason, let's play the clip of Jay Powell's response to should we go back to the gold standard. Powell, do you think that the U.S. should go back to the gold standard for our currency? Um, let me say I, I wouldn't. Um, uh, this could feasibly be considered commenting on a, on a particular nominee who has recommended that, and of course I, I would not do that. I will answer your question, but I, I want to make sure that, that this isn't interpreted in that way. So um, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, the idea would be Congress would have to pass a law, and it, that law would say that our job with monetary policy is to, is to manage um, the, do, the level of the dollar, stabilize the dollar price of gold. And we would then not be looking at maximum employment or stable prices. And there have been plenty of times in the fairly recent history where the price of gold has sent signals that would be quite negative for either of those goals. So I, I don't think that's something that would be attractive. No other country uses because it. Because it's much more volatile. Linking it to gold would be very well, volatile. It's, 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 it's really be. that it's not connected to our direct you, – you've assigned us the job of, of – two direct real economy objectives, mm -hmm. maximum employment, stable prices. If you assigned us stabilize the dollar price of gold, monetary policy could do that, but the other things would fluctuate and, and we wouldn't care. We wouldn't care if unemployment went up or down. That wouldn't be our job anymore. So I, I, I think that would be difficult to And that's not a positive mission public. for the Fed. You're much Sorry? better. A much better, much better mission for the Fed is what you're doing right well, now. Well, you know, this is why um, every country in the world that abandoned the gold standard some decades ago. Okay. Well, and that's that reluctance or that, that desire not to go back to the, role, uh, to the gold standard is something that you have in common with the CEOs of the seven, seven of the world's globally systemic important banks who were before us in April and said the same thing. Um, but it is worth noting that uh, last week the president nominated Judy Shelton for a seat on the Fed. Uh, and she is similar to two of his other would-be nominees in that she does favor a return to the gold standard. So I assume from your, from your earlier answers that you don't share that view. I don't share that view, but I would never comment, comment on the views or any particular nominee. Would be, I, I, we do not play a role in the nomination process. It's totally up to the president and the Senate and that, and we just are completely on the sidelines there. Uh, my concerns about Ms. Shelton are not just her questionable views about mon monetary policy, but she also seems to be, by most accounts, a political opportunist who thinks low rates are bad under Democratic uh, presidents and good under Republican presidents. Um, and that I would, I would caution concern when, uh, when looking into the, the nomination and <coughs> confirmation of this candidate. Um, I do want to talk for a minute about debt. There have been a lot of questions about it. Um, in particular, the debt ceiling. On Monday, the Bipartisan Policy Center projected that the U.S. Treasury could run out of money by early September if Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling. And that's actually because the government brought in far less in corporate tax revenues than last this year than was projected as a result of the tax cuts. 
because you know spending's only one side of the ledger, right? We need to look at the revenues. Um, and there's a possibility that the U.S. could default on its debts. Uh, what, would our, what would Congress's failure to raise the debt ceiling, what would that mean for the U.S. economy? Um, I, so I think it's, um, it's essential that Congress raise the debt ceiling in a timely way so that the United States continues to pay all of its bills when and as due. I think any other outcome is unthinkable. We've never failed to pay our bills when due. And so I, I assume and believe that, that the debt ceiling will be raised in a timely fashion. What would it mean for the economy and for interest rates if we failed to do so? I think um, it's, it would be very uncertain territory. If the United States were to stop paying its bills, uh, it would be um, – I, I, I wouldn't um, be able to capture the range of possible negative outcomes from that. The loss of confidence in our ability to run our fiscal house – could be substantial. It would be a lot of uncertainty, and <clears throat> I just think it's beyond contemplating that. <laughs> now, did you hear uncertainty again twice? Right. Think about this: if we didn't, if we defaulted on the debt, Jay Powell's president. Well, that caused a lot of uncertainty. Uh, that sounds like uncertainty is a really bad word, doesn't it? Uh, but I think the funny part is uh, paying our debt. All we do is print more money. Right, I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, which, by the way, I, I, you know what we forget now, right? We've we've already hit the debt ceiling. We're we're in the emergency situation, uh, and and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute because I do want to comment on that. But first, I want to talk about his answer about the gold standard. Now, one of the things, first of all, he said, "Well, every country abandoned it," and he's right. And again, they abandoned it because they wanted the bankers to be in charge. Now, what he said was, you assigned us, the central bank, and he's talking about Congress gave the authority for the central bank to make maximum employment and stable prices their mandate. So he said, hey, if we go back to the gold standard, we can't do that job. Right? We can't do that. Well, I can't be in charge of maximum employment and stable prices. And guess what? Guess what? That's exactly where I think it should be. The bank should have nothing. What does the bank have to do with employment? Nothing. Of course, they made it up that they did. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yeah, we, we control that. They don't control it. Look, at all as they do is change the formulas on how they calculate it. Right, think about this. If we went back to how they can uh, used to do it in the eighties, or in the even go back to the seventies and the sixties, the unemployment rate would be seven something, seven point three percent. Now they say it's three point what seven. Stable prices. Are prices stable? Do you think prices are stable? Have you seen what housing costs? I know you have. Rents, cars, insurance. You know, my insurance was free. My first real job was working for a drugstore chain. You know how much I paid for health insurance? Zip. Nothing. It was just part of the full-time employees got free health care. So we don't even have stable prices.
But this is the argument for why it is that we can't go uh, go back to the gold standard. When Let's face it, you go back to the gold standard, you automatically have stable prices. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Foreign law is fundamentally different from American law. Whereas our Constitution sets forth limited government powers and recognizes broad individual rights against government, such as freedom of religion and speech, European constitutions proclaim entitlements to government services, such as education, health care, maternity leave, housing, and environmental protection. We certainly do not want to import laws from foreign countries that recognize polygamy, arranged marriages between cousins, so-called honor killings of women who reject such arrangements, cutting off hands as punishment for theft, stoning women to death as punishment for adultery, and prohibiting the private ownership of guns. Judge Robert Bork has explained that international law really is not law as Americans understand that term. It is just international politics. International law is not passed by any legislature, and it's often written ex post facto and administered by foreign or U.N. bureaucrats who are pretending to be judges. Unfortunately, some very prominent people have espoused the theory that we should bring international law into American law. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been making speeches advising lawyers that your perspective on constitutional law should encompass the world. Justice Anthony Kennedy invoked foreign authorities when he could not find any language in the U.S. Constitution to justify overturning the Texas sodomy law. Kennedy emphasized the values we share with a wider civilization. In fact, Most other countries do not share American values, and we certainly do not want to share theirs. It's long past time for us to rise up and put an end to this un-American nonsense. The Senate should require all judicial nominees to promise their adherence to the U.S. Constitution as written and their rejection of the use of foreign or international law. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, do you mind paying for this? I don't have any cash. Sure, I'll just put it on my credit card. I'm never going to pay it back anyway. Because I have $30,000 in credit card debt. When they call, I tell them I can't pay it back yet. Credit card debt. Tomorrow, I may buy myself a dining room set or this Boba Fett. Credit card debt. Credit card debt. Credit card debt. You know, it's funny. He plays that clip, the credit card debt. Uh, We broke another record, by the way. Uh, it's one of the stories I've got saved. Yes, credit card debt hit a new top, new all-time record high uh, in June. Congratulations! Uh, I think we added uh, another seventeen billion in credit card debt. But you know, they think that's a great thing. So we're we're listening to Jay Powell. Everything's uncertain. 
And yet these are the guys that allegedly are in charge of maximum employment and stable prices. And he says that, hey, if we go back to the gold standard, well, we, we can't control that. And of course, oh, yeah, because it's all volatile and this and that, right? You heard what she said. Of course, she's an idiot. There was nothing volatile about the gold standard in prices, nothing. Now, employment could vary, right? And you would think, well, wouldn't it be, uh, I guess, let me ask you this. Who has a bigger impact on employment, the central bank or the federal government? Right? Think about interest rates at zero. And you think about uh, the unemployment, and you think about think about jobs, right? Who's been adding the jobs? Right? When we really look, at, of course, they they tried all oh, manufacturing that ended. They, they 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 added some, but most of the job growth in manufacturing was because of the government, right? Defense spending, right? Look at the deficit spending. That, that is being enacted today. By the way, debt ceiling now uh, less than $13 billion, $13 billion away from $22.5 trillion, uh, and it's skyrocketing. Uh, they're now forecasting uh, well over a trillion-dollar deficit this year, and that's the small number. We've done that a bunch of times. But wouldn't it have been better if we didn't have to worry about stable prices? You know, when we were on the gold standard, uh, the 80 years or so before the creation of the this third central bank. So the 80 years before 1913. We never had, you know what? We had inflation once. <laughs> it, it, was, it was war. And as soon as the war ended, the inflation went away, and and there was zero inflation for most of the 80 years. Inflation was zero. We didn't need a minimum wage. We didn't have income taxes, right? Think about that. No one paid income tax. Right? We could opt operate the federal government on tariffs. Now, our federal government's so big today, we can't do it. Think, think about what, what uh, Donald Trump says. Hey, we put these tariffs on the $250 billion worth of Chinese goods. That's like $25 billion for the year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, it's such a small amount but guess what? With the gold standard, that was plenty of money. That was plenty of money to operate the government. We didn't run budget deficits. The only budget deficits we ran, war. As soon as the war ended, so did the budget deficits. Matter of fact, the last time we got rid of the central bank, Andrew Jackson did it, right? Remember, yesterday was the anniversary of that. He had paid off the national debt. Paid it off. And guess what? It pretty much stayed paid off. It was a few billion dollars. 
I don't want to mislead you that it was zero in 1913, but right next to zero, right? And, of course, Andrew Jackson long had been gone by then. But the, we, we didn't have debt. There was no need for a credit card. Why do we have credit cards? Because things are too expensive. Right? Let's face it. Uh, what are they saying now? That half the people with credit card debt use the credit card for basics. Right? It's not, oh, well, you know, I needed the tires on, on the car. Right? Tires are all bald. It's now $1,000 for four tires. Right? Right? I got to gotta put that on the card. Or, uh, you know what? Um, my mother died. My father died. Uh, we're we're going to fly the, the, the family back uh, to the hometown for the funeral. We're going to put that on the credit card. Right? It, it was an emergency, an unforeseen event. That's not even what we're doing now. But think about it. Before the central bank, there's no, there's no credit cards. You didn't need a credit card. Right? Everything was affordable. We had one of our great customers in, uh, Jack the Roofer. Uh, he was in the other day. And, yeah, if you got a leaky roof here in the Valley of the Sun, give Jack the Roofer a call. He can help you. But uh, he was in here, and he was talking about when he grew up. And, and Jack was like, I made $100 a week. He goes, about a little over $80 after taxes. $80 a week. And he goes, my, my rent on my apartment. And he, and he said, and this was at the time, he goes, this was a nice apartment. We had a pool, we had this, we had that, blah, 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 blah. I lived in a nice place. It was $100. Right? He goes, I had a car, I had an apartment, and he goes, I had a nice car. He goes, I, you know, the cars that now sell at Barrett Jackson, you know, for 100, 200, 300 grand, right? And he was driving one of those. He said, don't get me wrong. It's not like I was saving my money. He goes, but I had money to go out. I took, you know, took people on dates, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I didn't have any problems. And he's talking about. He was talking about his roofers. He goes, and I pay better than most in the industry. He goes, even with that, he goes, it's so hard. No one has any money. Everything's so expensive. And and Jay Powell sitting there talking about, well, you know what? If you impacted the gold standard, we couldn't do our mandate of of maximum employment and, and stable prices. A $20 gold piece in 1971 was valued at $35. $20 gold piece today, if you want to buy a $20 gold piece, $1,525. You buy it in bulk, $1,500, okay? $1,500 you want to buy it in bulk. How is that stable prices? It's the same gold piece that it was in 1971. Nothing about it has changed. I guess stable means it just goes up. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. We have new...
all-time record highs on Wall Street. And we're going to cut rates. We have the lowest unemployment in 50 years. Just ask them. And we're going to lower rates. Right? We have inflation that seemingly doesn't exist. So we're going to lower rates. And you start thinking about, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. And if you put people in a time machine, and you went back just 15 years, just 15, and you told this story, hey, uh, GDP, well, you know, they're still saying 3%. It's not, but they're saying 3%, right? Got and, and let's face it, the last GDP read we had, first quarter, 3.1%. GDP is 3.1%. The unemployment rate is 3.7%. And inflation is, you know, pretty much running right around that 2%, give or take, plus or minus. What would we be doing with interest rates? I guarantee you it would be unanimous. And it wouldn't even be close. They would all be, oh man, we gotta we gotta raise rates. Inflation's coming. We gotta raise rates. Just operating in a vacuum. They don't know about the financial crisis. They don't know about the Fed's balance sheets and all that. They don't know any of that stuff, right? They just know the the regular laws of economics as we knew them before the crisis. Nobody would be cutting. Oh, and, and throw in, oh, and by the way, stocks are at all-time highs. Nobody in their right mind would say lower rates. But this is what we're going to do. Let me read to you. This is Jay Powell's testifying still right now. So he's talking about the relationship between unemployment and inflation. I want to read this to you. The relationship between the slack in the economy or unemployment and inflation was a strong one 50 years ago and has gone away, Jay Powell said on Thursday. He added the strong tie between unemployment and inflation was broken at least 20 years ago and the relationship has become weaker and weaker and weaker now I want you to think about this he's close if he would have said the relationship between unemployment and inflation and slack in the economy was broken 25 years ago, that would have been a little more actual uh, correct. But he said at least 20 years ago. See, Jay Powell knows why, is my point. Because he's right. So why is it that it was broken? You know what's funny? He doesn't say that. How did that relationship break down, Jay? And the answer really is so simple. See, in the early 90s, Alan Greenspan 
And remember how I talked about how the Federal Reserve has been constructed, right? A bunch of academics that all think the same way. You know, how uh, kind of how, remember that senator ripped uh, Judy Shelton? Oh, wow, we don't want to. She doesn't think the way you guys think. We shouldn't. We don't want her on the board. And since, and obviously, right? And Trump's nominating her, so let's get rid of her. They don't want people to challenge them. It it's not broken, folks. Inflation is way more than two percent, and we all know that. And unemployment, I'm sorry, it's not three point seven. See, in the early 90s, Alan Greenspan and his band of academic bankers changed how we calculate inflation and, more importantly, how we calculate unemployment. Why? Because he wanted everyone to think that the Federal Reserve was what? We actually control this stuff. Right? Going back to Jay Powell's argument about the gold standard. Oh, we don't want the gold standard. Otherwise, we couldn't do our mandate. See? And think about this. And again, why I said that their independence should be no more. Because if you shine light onto this, you would realize the truth. And here's the truth. In order to gain their alleged maximum employment, that they say, I mean, I hear it almost every day. Oh, the unemployment rate's at a 50-year low. No, it's not. It's at about a 25-year low because that's when they changed the way they calculated it. (laughs) Right? Hey, we didn't like the number, so we changed the equation. How about stable prices? Are you not insulted when they sit there and tell you inflation is less than 2%? Right? I I just said to you, gold was $35 in 1971. Why is it $1,500 today? $20 gold piece, $35. $1,500? That's stable? That's stable? Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. You only can change the equation for so long before the truth gets found out. Final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Depending on where you're, I want to tell you right. Gold's up a dollar, or it's down. Seven, eight dollars, depending on where you look. We had fourteen hundred and thirteen dollars right now uh, for gold, silver, fifteen dollars and fifteen cents. A lot of activity in gold uh, in the electronic trading. So when you see uh, disparities of up or down, um, that's what it's all about. Matter of fact, gold moved big in the act. Been doing a lot of that lately. A lot of buying coming into the market. Uh, right now, the Dow at 27,060. It's up 200. The S&P right at 3,000. 
It's at three thousand and seventy-seven cents. The Nasdaq at eight eighty-two hundred and twenty right now. As again, Wall Street's all excited about these rate cuts, um, and and I don't. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense. But this is the world now of why it do, why doesn't it make sense? Somebody's lying, right? Somebody isn't being factual. And really, when you think about it, the answer is right there, and it's very simple. We left the gold standard in 1971. The country defaulted on its debt. Now they won't tell you they did. But they did. The debt was borrowed upon under the premise that they could be paid in gold. We were going to run out of gold. And I told you the story. So in 1971, we defaulted. Whether they want to admit it or not, we defaulted and said, hey, we won't give you gold. I know that those, those contracts that said gold, those are gone. We'll pay you in dollars. But don't worry, we got this central bank that's going to have maximum employment and stable prices. And I guess if if by stable you meant, hey, they just go up every year, I guess then they've done their job. But now they want to lie to us about how much they've gone up. Right? And, And again, they want to give everybody this false sense of security that they can control this stuff. They can't control it. Unemployment rate is 3.7 because you changed the formula. If you want to go back to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, it's 7.3%. Inflation, which you say is, I don't even know what they say, 1.8. If you go back to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, it's what, 7 Eight and and you know John Williams will tell you it's nine or ten. Right? What would that really tell you we're in? And stock markets all time high, right? That's inflation. Wages aren't growing, so now it's worth. Now it's stagflation. They just don't want to tell you that it's stagflation. Ask yourself this: If you made sixty five thousand dollars a year in nineteen in two thousand. Okay, just two thousand. And today, you make sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Okay, you make the exact same. How much worse off are you today than you were then? Right. Think about how less you would have now because of what they've done, and yet they'll tell you that they've had almost no inflation for that whole time. Put your gold away. How much does your portfolio weigh? 800 951